You're listening to a DM podcast. G'day, pod lovers, podcasters, podlings, and welcome to Behind the Podcast, the podcast that opens the studio doors and takes a peek behind the microphone to tell you, the listener, the producer, the creator, the aficionado, what's happening in the podverse. I'm Jules, and with me, as always, is Stocks. Hello. In this week's episode, podcasting upfronts, a cast by numbers, get paid by Amazon to listen, the man behind fake Joe Rogan, YouTube finding its feet, and Pulitzer and Peabody winners. All right, Stocks, how you doing, mate? Welcome to another week of Behind the Podcast. Are you feeling good? Yeah, back. Still sound like I'm sick, but yeah. yeah, I think we've both been through the little mini man flus. Yeah, that's right. I think I had a bit of a recovery after a, a 40th birthday, which turned into a little bit of sickness, which took you know quite a few days to recover from. I think I did the calculations, and it is basically one day per decade after a, a uh, birthday party that takes for you to recover, i.e. if you're 30, it takes three days. If you're 40, it takes four days. So... Yeah, that was my excuse for not being here last week. Mortality. <laughs> That's it. Exactly right. <laughs> well, it's great to have you back. Thanks to Zanon for jumping in. All right. So what have we got this week, mate? There's quite a bit of news out there. Yeah, it's exciting. A lot, a lot of interesting things to talk about this week. Let's start with Upfronts, hey? Upfronts is sort of a new, newish thing in podcasting. Yes. It's been in TV for years, yeah. um, but it's normally done sort of network by network. So say Channel 10 will do its Upfronts, and then Channel 9 will do its Upfronts, et cetera, et cetera. But... As we speak, well, as you're hearing this, the um, podcast upfronts will be on, the IAB podcast upfronts will be on in New York City. So, look, pretty good lineup. Uh, what have you got? It's a day-long event, and they all come together in yeah. one place because it's podcasting. We're not there yet, but it's yeah. iHeart, Wondery, NPR, Acast, Sony Music, WNYC, Cumulus Media, and Sirius XM. And they're pulling out the big guns. Yeah, that's right. And some big stars come along as well just to really help spruik all the, uh, the benefits of advertising on, on podcasting. Yeah, who they got? We got Conan, Conan O'Brien, personal favour of mine, uh, Ashley Flowers, and of course, what would a, an event be without Emily Radzikowski? Yeah, that's good. It's a good cross-section. Traditional media, Conan. Yeah. Ashley Flowers is a big sort of uh, true crime podcast. And Emrata is Emrata. Yeah, as you said earlier, I mean, these, these upfronts have been going on in, in the traditional media landscape for years. It's you know always a kind of big party for everyone in, in those industries, really. I mean, they come along, they sit through some talks and things like that, but then everyone just gets you know on the, on the champers and the canapes and just has a good time, makes some good connections. And then the idea is that a lot of, of advertising opportunities come from that and, and people see the benefits of, of what they can get in return for their dollars. Yeah, that's the real point here is to put this in front of advertisers and say, well, look, we've got this huge slate of shows coming out next quarter and yeah. you should get around it. Um, one notable late pullout was Paramount. And look, this is interesting times for the podcast industry. Um, this is post a few years really driven by some massive spending, multi-year, multi-million dollar deals for yeah. creators, driven by Spotify and to a degree Luminary as well. But of new austerity this time around, though, sort of m- most major digital advertising reliant businesses have laid off staff and cut back spending. But I think Paramount not showing up might be more related to the fact that they're a multimedia company and there's a WGA strike going on, which we talked about last week. And there's picketing writers in LA and New York across studio entrances. So yeah, yeah. probably want to avoid A bit hard to cross that. the line. Yeah. Yeah. So look, as we said last week, um, podcasting may well be impacted, particularly the narrative podcast by this WGA strike. Mm. Um, we haven't seen anything yet. 
I think something that was interesting as well is, um, you know, a lot of them are talking about shows and their stars such as Conan, etc. Um, Acast is, is taking much more of a data-focused approach. Um, so they've conducted uh, some research using Podchaser, which is a, a podcast database that they acquired last year. What they found is that 44% of all podcast investments in the US are concentrated with within the top 500 shows. Um, which leads to inflated CPMs and high ad loads on those shows, according to to their director of sales and brand partnerships. So what they're doing is they're pitching their first-party data tool, which is a way for advertisers to plan campaigns based on more of an audience than the show. So you're not just kind of focusing on that top show that's there and, and you know, really everyone kind of, kind of bidding for that one particular thing, but spreading out across a wider range of shows and, and you know, using that data to back up where that ad spend's going based on people's personal interests and things like that that are able to ascertain from the platform itself. Yeah, look, I think a lot of people have already been doing this. Um, we've been selling off audience more than off uh, content for a while. Yeah. And just saying, look, this is the audience you're getting into as opposed to, hey, this is uh, NRL content. Yeah, that, this is, that full well, network approach. Going, no, this is men who are 25 to 44 who have an interest in sport. So, look, that's, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Um, ACAST on that have just released their quarter one financials. Um, we won't want to bore your socks off with uh, financials, but we <laughs> did say we'd sort of cover these major podcasting financials. So just quickly, Rev is up 11% year on year. Listeners up 2%. Staff is down 8%, which sucks. Um, and I don't want to belittle this, but to use a bit of, uh, use a bit of succession uh, lingo, that's 34 skulls. Yeah, right, um, Kendall. Which, which is a lot. And the big one is that EBITDA is down. For interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. It's down 18%, yeah, which okay. is massive. Share price holding strong um, over the last month, but down 47% over the last 12 months. Yeah. So yeah. Not a great figure. No, I mean, they only... They only floated on the Swedish Stock Exchange 18 months ago yeah. and paid a lot of people share options. And yeah, yeah so hold on, guys. It's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn. They're That's what the equity game. mates guys tell me. We're just sitting around waiting for the market to turn. Yeah. Turn where? All right, cool. <laughs> um, and Podchaser, their big acquisition in the last 12 months, which we just talked about, has generated them a staggering $600,000. Don't know. I yeah. guess playing the long game there as well. Yeah, so they're probably going to be hoping for a little bit more than that in the future, but yeah. That's $600,000 rev, not profit. Mm. That's 40 skulls came in that acquisition. So yeah, not really paying for itself yet. Yeah. Amazon Music is paying some Australian listeners $5 Australian in vouchers for listening to podcasts on their platform. Pay to play. Pay to play. The office is targeted. We'll put a link in the show notes, see if you're one of the lucky ones yeah. who might be eligible. I'm not. I'd love to be, but look, I doubt I am as well. What? Are, what? Are, do you have any idea what the eligibility criteria is? No, just didn't qualify. Okay. I'm a member. I give them plenty of prime money. I've, yeah. I don't know. I'll have a go. Take $5 anywhere you can get it. It's a cup of coffee somewhere in the Australia. Totally. Now, on more Aussie news, great article by Amrita Khalid in The Verge. They talked to the man behind the Joe Rogan AI experience, which is the AI-generated fanfic YouTube podcast that picks imaginary conversations between Rogan and a new guest every episode. So the guy behind it is 
Apparently, according to this interview, creative director for a VFX studio and ad agency in Sydney, and he's going by the name Hugo. It's huge. How yeah. good is that? Well, Aussie Battler getting getting the, on the big stage. I'm not going to lie. I jumped onto LinkedIn and <laughs> found nothing. Searched all Hugos. Oh, man. I'm going, do I know any Hugos? <laughs> Hugos who are CDs in Sydney? Um, we'll, we'll continue to dig. Yeah. Um, fantastic! Like this is uh, this is really cool. I did not expect that to be the outcome. Yeah, I mean, this has caught the attention of worldwide of the whole podcasting community. Anyone who's interested in AI, just anyone generally, because I mean, it's a big, big topic. This and and it was one execution of this that was done just really so successfully, and and one that Joe Rogan's talked about himself. Now Hugo um, basically said it, the first episode took him a week. So he found a he went down a similar path to what we did. He yep. found a number of AI voice software companies with demo samples of Joe Rogan's voice. Uh, a lot of them weren't that great. He found or available for public use. So after a couple of weeks of searching, he found a text to speech platform that can clone any voice based on snippets of audio. He used that platform for the voice of Rogan and other guests on the podcast, which also included Donald Trump and Andrew Tate. Some controversial names there and certainly ones that are likely to get a few clicks if you see them popping up on your feeds. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the podcast is very clear. Um, it it does state in the first episode, this is purely fiction, just for fun. So don't go around making your little TikToks and make the world believe I said things I never said. That's what the AI clone of Joe Rogan <laughs> yeah. warns in the first episode. And real Joe, IRL Joe said, this is going to get very slippery, kids. Uh, he wrote in a tweet, and he did share the first episode. So yeah. the first episode went ballistic, over half a million downloads or yep. views on YouTube. Uh, it's trailed off since then. I mean, it's probably just also a bit of novelty. And, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure probably imagine that three to four minutes would be the average listen to that. Yeah, it's going, yeah. oh, holy shit, this is good, yeah. and then get out of it. It apparently took – the second episode took a day and a half. Yeah, And the third episode took three weeks because old Hugo basically, I guess, started becoming quite a bit of a perfectionist about it. Yeah, He just said, look, you can tell it's not real. There's different things that AI can't create. Um, also, ChatGPT, which he used, is really text-based. So yeah. it's not great on the audio because Joe's got what thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of yeah. audio out yep. there but hasn't written a lot that's been published so he's also been quite a perfectionist about trying to make it sound as, as authentic, authentic as, as possible, possible. Yeah. yeah so look in a nutshell uh hugo doesn't believe ai can replace the spontaneity of a real conversation things like quick answers people talking over each other etc 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 so we're safe for now jules yeah for now i think it's the big the big <laughs> way to end that. I think if AI is going the way it is, it won't be too long before they get that spontaneity and little you know, interruptions happening as well. All right, YouTube podcasting. We've been talking about this for a little bit. It seems like it's in a bit of a, a kind of, you know, fork in the road moment. It's having a lot of success. It's having a couple of, uh, not failures, but, you know, Things, some teething issues, let's say. We've had a pop up on some of our podcasts now, the podcast tab, even though it's not supposed to be in Australia yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, just seeing it turn up, so it basically gives you a yeah, gives you the option to do it. But yeah, we did talk recently about like NPR and Slate uh, and a couple other big podcast networks moving on to YouTube. Mm-hmm. 
And just looks like the numbers haven't been very good. No, but one important caveat here, obviously, is that you know they're bringing across all of their old programming. Yeah, none of the stuff, catalog, yeah. yeah, none of the stuff was ever actually meant to be on YouTube. It didn't have any supporting video, so it's not a great YouTube experience. I think where these podcasts on YouTube really flourish is where you actually have supporting video or some sort of a visual that goes along with the audio. Yeah, a lot of this stuff is just a tile, a static yeah. tile, and the audio there. So I mean. The definition of what a podcast is is quite broad, and we yeah. talk about that a lot. But I think a YouTube podcast and the ones that have been successful there are actually very engaging, and you're in the room, and you're actually watching people talking on microphones and interacting. So to just chuck an audio file yeah. onto YouTube, well, you've got to be a bit more respectful of the platform if you want success. Yeah, and maybe this is something that YouTube can look in with a bit of AI kind of technology. How can they run some sort of a program through this and, and give a supporting visual element that's going to come along with the, the back catalogue of, of podcasts that they're just dumping on there? Yeah, we're playing around with Inside the Tribe right now about putting it on YouTube mm-hmm. and just looking at ways we can add visual elements to it which will make it engaging and actually respectful to the format and yeah. maybe something that will work. But um, we'll let you know when that's ready to go and where we land on. So not just a drag and drop necessarily. No, definitely not. Definitely not. But then you've got the image rights. You've got to work out how we do this. So there's a bit of a minefield. But yeah, we're working on it. NewsGuard has launched the world's first journalist vetted podcast credibility ratings to help advertisers and streaming platforms identify and support trustworthy brand safe news podcasts. This is a bit of a slippery slope, I, I think. Oh, this is at least interesting. How objectively can you judge news? NewsGuard is a service that rates adherence to basic principles of good ju- journalism. And traditionally, they've worked in the website space. So they give websites scores based mm-hmm. on, I guess, how, whether they think it's good journalism or not. They've just announced they're moving to podcasting. And the company, I guess the major investors in them are something called the Knight Foundation, which is a press advocacy group, and publicists. The French multinational advertising and public relations conglomerate, which has yep. l- got a large presence in Australia yeah, and absolutely. got a large presence around the world Huge. in terms of earning t- owning tons of agencies. So there might be vested interest in maintaining a major media status quo, i.e. advertising dollars, and maybe keeping new media voices out of the mix. But we'll dig deeper on that another time. I did go down a bit of a, bit of a rabbit hole here. Yep. It probably wasn't very productive. Yep, like any rabbit hole tends not to yeah, be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I need to pull the head out and actually look at it objectively. But w- what is NewsGuard doing? Basically, the journalists at NewsGuard assess news and information podcasts based on five journalistic criteria. Does not regularly convey false, unchallenged information. Four points for that. Conveys news on important topics responsibly. Three points for that. Is not dominated by one-sided opinion, one point. Discloses or does not have a political agenda, one point. And differentiates advertising commercial partnerships from editorial content, one point. Yeah, right. Interesting that that's only one. Cash for comments is only one point. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when you've got a big agency behind it, that's probably going to be the way. Now, where this gets a bit slippery is just the challenge of objectively determining what is mis- misinformation. So an example that I did find online is, is a website called The Reason website. Now, NewsGuard with their basic principles of good journalism, gives this website its highest possible score. Yet the Global Disinformation Index, also known as GDI, it's a British organisation which is government-funded that aims to steer advertisers away from disreputable websites, claims Reason is one of the 10 riskiest online sources of news in the United States. Mm. So people bringing <laughs> political agendas to this, maybe left-leaning, maybe right-leaning, etc., etc., etc. It just feels like a massive slippery slope. Yeah. Okay, well, definitely one we should probably keep an eye across then. Yeah, I mean, who says what's credible, who doesn't? 
Interesting. Yeah. I'll tell you who does. Anthony Stockdale and Jules Batstone, the hosts of Behind the Podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> Your trusted voices. <laughs> this one came via Vulture. Just its uh, award season is upon us in all areas of the media, um, but the Pulitzers and the Peabody Awards have recently been announced. The audio uh, reporting prize in the Pulitzers went to Gimlet Media's Stolen, Surviving St. Michael's. Um, Stolen was actually one of the three audio podcasts announced yesterday Yesterday, that won Peabody Awards. The other two were the On the Media's uh, limited series project, The Divided Dial, and This American Life's The Pink House at the Center of the World. A bunch of winners there, so head over to the show notes uh, and we'll give links to all the winners there. Have you been listening to anything interesting, Jules? Look, I did want to give a shout out to one. This one is a show from DM Podcasts. Ooh. Uh, it's called Over the Back Fence. Um, well worth a listen because this week's uh, episode features our wonderful EP, uh, Mandy Cullen. The Golden Pipes. The That's right. So, you know, she's the reason why this show sounds the way it sounds. And, and when you hear her talk, it's even better than us. So <laughs> definitely head over to that one and give that a listen. Brilliant. And look, where's a podcast I warmly recommend? Uh, it's Wondery Podcast. It's called Flipping the Bird. Oh. It's the latest in the Business Wars series. Business Wars is a long-running podcast series. Yep. Look, it's a bit earnest and hokey in that sort of US old media style, the show. Um, if you can get past that, it's just a great story. Um, it's really going through the Elon Musk takeover of Twitter. Yeah. And yep. it's just fascinating to hear things that were happening in the last 18 months, um, a bit of the journey and just thinking, shit, that battle really happened. Um, the other thing, just a caveat is uh, they do show their major lefty bias um, by not addressing some of the larger, say, maybe not elephants, but large mammals in the room. <laughs> like things, just simple things like Twitter was already not great before Musk took it over. Yeah. Um, they had no revenue strategy. Um, their founder, Jack Dorsey, was bit of a fuck boy and not really running the company and then just <laughs> left and put a senior engineer in charge so i mean they they talk a bit about the jack dorsey stuff but they don't really talk about the fact that twitter had no revenue plan yeah okay. um was you know not not doing well financially at all but look it's a fascinating story there was one thing that really caught my attention though is uh, zip recruiter had an ad well is sponsoring a podcast and the ads dropped at a really bad time they were talking about how musk was just coming in and just taking playoffs. a just taking a katana to the place and Ooh. everyone's scared of losing their jobs and then it cuts in with a hey get a zip recruiter looking oh. for a job and i was like oh my god did that just happen <laughs> so you know a bit of an own goal there but look it's very interesting just to hear uh, um hear this story it's a fascinating story and it's happening still in front of us awesome well we'll put links in the show notes for that one as well all right, well, that's it for us this week. Thanks again to Mandy and thanks for Ruby on the socials. Head over to Instagram and find us at behind underscore the underscore podcast. Haru, see you next week. Hold up. 